0: You are now now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America, hosted by Tremell Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People, get ready. 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 Progressive Action is now live.
1: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host, Tramel Thompson. I got my cousin Jamel to the side of me. What's good, cuz? I'm chilling. What's going on, cuz? Nothing getting ready for this November 10th rally. Oh, okay. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing this evening? I know. Why you why you always ask that? Nobody ain't going to say what's up, we doing good. Well,
2: no, I know that. But like I said, that's my way of saying what's up to the people, you know. But yeah, this November 10th rally, I'm thinking about it too. And, and a lot of people, I think a lot of people are going to attend this rally also because a message needs to be sent to these people, you know. Yeah, I think that they are getting a message. I want to say
1: something. These guys, they didn't wholeheartedly support our last rally, right? They printed up flyers. They put a little... Um, what what word did they use? We got to be sanctioned. Sanctioned, yeah. Sanctioned by them. And then now they think that they they want to call a truce after they try to smack us in our face and act like they wanted to support us and all that other craziness, right? Right. So they know they didn't wholeheartedly support us, but we still brung around over 200 people down there to 2 Broadway up under progressive action. So if those same people come down to 195 Montague Street, the condos, and decide to rally, it's gonna be a problem. Because what are they gonna do? Now they over here talking about, oh, you know, you you destroying you gonna mess up the negotiating, you you disturbing the
2: negotiations. What y'all negotiating? <laughs> Don't negotiations start November fifteenth? Right. When is so, our rally? Right. But what is that guy's name in the group that was in our group that said we're gonna progressive action is gonna disturb the negotiations?
1: Joe Bermudez, I think he said that.
2: Joe Bermudez or Richard Singleton? Both of them may have said it. Both of them, yeah. Both of them may have said it. I couldn't believe that, man. I had to, I had to go in on these guys. I saw that thread too. I had to yeah. go in on them, man. Um, but I mean, Richard Singleton, few months ago. Oh, I
1: love progressive in my DM. I love progressive action, and you know, I, I bring these qualities to. I could bring these qualities. Now he's a progressive action hater because I never called him. I'm happy I never did.
2: Well, I heard he's released, so that's why he's a Samuelson supporter now.
1: I mean, that's why I called him a house negro. You know what I mean? That—that's basically how it is. People—people people switch sides as soon as they're given a job or, or something like that.
2: Right. And I would love to know how much the job pays. I mean, he's being released. I'm like, whoop de doo He just want to. Some people just
1: want to be down. You know what I'm saying? And he tried to use. You know, he—he he got a master's degree and and all this other fly fancy stuff. That's cool, but you have no honor. Because in my DM, you was doing something different than what you portraying. But I deleted him from the site. So basically, that's a Steve Downs in training? Nah, I ain't even going to give him that much credit. I'm not, I'm not even going to give him. He hasn't put in no work. What work has he put in? I asked him. I said, what work has you put in to change this job, yourself, or the community? He said he volunteers doing something. That's not enough. You got a master's degree, according to him. What have you done? Where's your business at? Why you were about progressive action business? We ain't worrying about yours. Don't worry about ours. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But November 10th is, is the day. That's the day I told y'all we not go bash the union. We just go hold them accountable. The the silly stuff that's happening in the RTO, it has to stop. You know what I'm saying? The the excessive discipline at 2 Broadway, it has to stop. You know what I mean? There's no other way around it. And and they mad because we rocking the boat. Samuelson is known. Samuelson don't hold them accountable. Joe Bermuda said it himself. Samuelson don't butt into their business. Roger butt into their business. He ain't butt into the business. He made sure that you was being accountable for what you was doing. That's just like you got a child in your house and you letting them do whatever they want to (laughs) do. Aren't you going to check your child, make sure they ain't doing nothing crazy in their room? Right, making sure they're not... Just knock on the door to say, you know, peep your head in, make sure everything is all right?
2: Of course, that's what you're going to do. That's what a real leader
1: does. A real leader don't let they... you ain't, You ain't... You wasn't... A part of the home home team where he trusted in you, you know what I'm saying You was like an outsider, so of course he go butt in and see what's going on. Samuelson ain't got the heart to tell y'all really what to do, especially oh, matter of fact, we go play some 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 Willie Rivera tapes today.
2: oh, yeah, we got some tapes we got some we got some archives.
1: no, it ain't archives. It's it's, it's it's pretty new. We probably go touch on it, but he was talking about Samuelson and Roger. this guy has no no type of loyalty. Really? Yeah, talking he talking about me. He was talking about me. Wow. So talking will... about conductors don't know nothing about no 19A. They don't got no CDL.
2: Why you talking about me? Right, right. He said conductor is basically trying to hide the fact that I'm talking about Travel Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He do not got the heart to say it.
1: Nah, I got him stuttering like crazy. I must have listened to that about 30 times a day. Right. Well, (laughs) well,
2: see, he couldn't say that to me because I have a CDL. Yeah, I know. And I drove these buses. So I know. Y'all not going to tell me. Y'all not going to tell me (laughs) anything.
1: Yeah, but we we may or may not play it today. I'll probably play a snippet. Maybe. We'll see.
2: Well, you got to play something.
1: We'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. What you want to, what else going on?
2: Well, um, it's, it's another thing going on in the union. We have a um, a report from the union that talks about uh, Sister Monique Braithwaite. Brathwaite. She's a proba- she was a she, she's a probationary signa helper and a mother of four boys. And um, it's sad to announce today that she had to have her right arm amputated uh, below the elbow because of um, extensive nerve damage. She, you know at at thirty six years old so that's sad like I said you know we definitely have our the you know from progressive action our, you know definitely our hearts and prayers go out to you monique now and, let me tell you look at that picture you you notice anything strange with that picture wait hold on there's no um there's no union rep to the picture no he got a hole in his shirt okay
1: look at look at the hole in his shirt the the hole in his in his gown. What's going on with your phone, know. man? I don't know. Hold on, I gotta go back. All right, Jamel having
2: technical difficulties with yeah. his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, you said he had a hole. Yeah. What what, what is that? Oh, he has a hole in his gown ga- in his in his uh, hospital scrub, and he wa- he wanted the union logo to be showing. Photo ops. That's fucking
1: sad. This lady just got her arm amputated, and you want to put a. Cut a hole out in your gown just to show that you were part of the union. You smiling like you just got on a free cheese line or something. Ain't nothing funny about that. No, nothing funny about it's that at funny. all. Nothing what, 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 The union don't have, that shouldn't even be priority. Yeah. You cut a hole in your gown. You got on the gown for a reason. Right. Hospital's you, gown. Yeah. yeah. You cut a hole in the gown just to show that you a part of the local? That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. That's sad. Actually somebody had told me I, I didn't pay attention to it Somebody had hit me up and said Yo look what this guy did
2: I didn't pay attention to it neither I actually <laughs> I actually thought it was something Hanging over the gown nah, That's what I
1: thought He cut a hole in the gown He cut
2: a hole in it That's sad It really is sad yeah. And then another thing Lastly I want to talk about Real quick is um, Well I can't even talk about it Because I don't have any details About it But it's the um situation Today was the first day Of the trial Of the uh, individual Who struck Um William Pena's bus a couple of years ago um t- today was the first day of the trial so I just want to you know just say that uh something like that could happen to any union member who drives an authority vehicle not just a bus so you know I ask that uh everybody keep uh you know wish the family well and hoping that they you know get justice pretty soon you know because basically you're talking about this. Is, this has been a couple of years now. So the, these people's lawyers, they're dragging. You know, they're dragging this case out. No, no, no. It ain't they lawyers. It's just the fact
1: that the system don't have respect for bus drivers. They, they don't got no respect for MTA workers. MTA period. workers, period. It's, it's not important to them. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So they put it on the, the back, the back burner, and get to it when they want to get to it. Because yeah. bet that if that was a police officer, that would have been that guy would have been upstate probably doing a year already.
2: Already, yeah. You know
1: what I mean? So. That's, that's all that's about. We we got that's why these rallies and everything is so important. We gotta restore the feeling back to the back to the um, transit authority, the workers, the employees. Like I'm gonna get to the public through progressive action. I'm gonna tell them, y'all attack us, the bus drivers. Y'all y'all attack the conductors. Y'all attack the train operators or whatever. The people that's out in the open. Y'all attacking the wrong people. If the, they need to go to Two Broadway and start attacking. That's the people who make the policy. We follow the rules. Don't be mad at the messenger. Be mad at the man that's, that's giving us the message to deliver. Right. Y'all getting mad at the wrong people. We ask y'all to step behind the white line. That's not our rules. We don't care. That's, <laughs> that's the, the law. <laughs>
2: that's, speak to the people at 2Broadway. Exactly. All right, inter- All right. Yeah, so definitely. So without further ado, I want to introduce our guest tonight. Now, Like I said, I'm excited about tonight's show, man. I got chills. I had chills all day long (laughs) thinking about this show. But tonight on Progressive Action, back to Progressive Action, we have Miss Anita Clinton back to Progressive Action. And I want to introduce for the first time at Progressive Action, my man Eric King, a conductor from uh, RTO.
0: Yes, sir. The, hey, hey.
2: The, the biggest Knicks fan in, in oh, yeah, the, the MTA.
0: Exactly, <laughs> definitely. Oh, in, in the world. In the world. <laughs>
2: Next to Spike Lee. <laughs> and then also, I'm honored to uh, introduce tonight, we have uh, Mr. Ed Watt in the building tonight at Progressive Action Radio. Good evening, Miss, good evening Ed. It's
3: pleasure to be here. How's everybody doing?
2: All right. And, of course, in the background, we got the... Uh, you know our progressive action fixture Joe was back in the building tonight. <laughs> you know as Joe was always welcome, and Samino Samino gonna be a a, um, a fixture as long as he keep bringing that pizza. Yeah, as long as he keep bringing pizza, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. You know, so what's going on, everybody? Ed, I want to start with you since you know. So while you're here, um, can you introduce yourself to everybody and let everybody know your you know your history with the union, who sure. you were and what you did? Sure.
4: Um. Uh, so I, I was a TW member for 33 years. I started uh, driving a bus in 1980. Uh, I was a depot chairman of Flatbush Depot for six years. I uh, um, then became uh, secretary treasurer with Roger Toussaint as president of Local 100 for nine years. Then I spent uh, four years. Uh, Jim Little asked me to come to Washington and do health and safety for the international. I did that for four years, and now I work for the Amalgamated Transit Union. That's the short version. Okay. Let me know where you want me to
2: start for the long version. Okay, well, <laughs> the long version is, uh, you know, I guess we can, um, you know, we can talk a little bit about the history, you know, and uh, you know, how, you in, you know, how you rose to power um, as far as becoming a depot chair, and, you know, we can start there.
4: Okay, well, like I said, um, I started in 1980 driving a bus on kind of just doing what most bus drivers are doing, getting in there, trying to make a living and figure things out, what you want to do with your life. Um, one day, uh, in, um, one Saturday, it was uh, October 10th, 1981, a bus operator who worked in Flatbush Depot, his name was Harvey Shield, and uh, he had his brains blown out in a bus on Avenue Z in Nostrand Avenue. And after that, I went to my first union meeting. Um, and uh, uh, we'll call them the old regime at the time, if you'd like, but the, uh, the people that were in charge of the union there were so sensitive as to this fatality that since it was October in an election year, the only thing on the, on the agenda was nominations. So other than a moment of silence, nobody was even allowed to talk about the fatality. And then in further uh, conversations with the union, um, they just said the answer was that it was a tough town, tough town kid, I remember one of the organizers telling me. Um, <clears throat> and I said, really, tough town? Well, <laughs> uh, I don't think we should stand for that. And we started to organize around that and around a lot of other issues. Uh, and, uh, along with a group <clears throat> out of uh, what's now Jackie Gleason. It was Fifth Avenue Depot. Um, we started protesting the <clears throat> the change and there was an arbitration award in 1982 and that moved the rules about, about swings from a maximum of two hours to any time that they wanted. Unlimited power for management. We objected to that in the contract and we did some other things around there um, and, th- and then that led to uh, uh, first, a vacancy election, uh, I was elected to the executive board uh, and I served on there for three years and uh, shortly after I was elected to that vacancy election, I was elected uh, depot chair in Flatbush Depot and uh, the union was so happy to have me that they used to come down and tell the boss how to stick it to me. And every time <laughs> the union reps would leave, I'd, I'd be—I know I'd be getting my pay cut and put on suspension and we went round and round about a whole bunch of issues. They started forcing people. They had three depot chairmen that they didn't like uh, that, were, that were talking back to them and asking questions like, like you good folks are doing right now. And they took these three depot chairmen and they made sure that there weren't enough people in that depot and they started doing forced overtime. And so, I mean, a good, good things come out of bad sometimes. So we actually have some decent rules on forced overtime now that are, that are in the contract. Um, and so then I got, and I got reelected. Um, and they figured they can't fight me that way they had to fight me another way and they and they went and uh, uh, Actually out organized me they put two staff members in my depot and sent me to the system pick for the whole election uh, For the four four weeks before and so they outorganized organized me and unlike Donald Trump uh, they won fair and square and I didn't protest <laughs> <laughs> But anyway and along the way um, you know when you when you're in a fight you look for weapons and friends right so um, New Direction, uh, was coming around to the depot and handing out the first, the second, or third issue of Hell on Wheels. Um, so I got involved in that and, uh, and for a while I put out my own surface wheels, uh, as a, as a piece of literature, wrote a couple of articles and, uh, um, uh, about, about the attacks, about the, um, vans, uh, that were taking a lot of the work and, uh, some other issues. And we, um, Anyway, so I, so I would write a couple of articles for Hell on Wheels and go to the meetings every other Tuesday. We'd meet somewhere or another uh, for, uh, oh, about 15 years. Um, and, and all the time, um, uh, you know, all the time uh, fighting the union. And, and, and a couple of the people, one of them's here in the room, John Samino, and myself would also fight management while we were fighting the union. So you had, you had a, 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 a two front war on your hands. Sounds you know? familiar. Yeah, sounds, familiar, <laughs> sounds <right>? extremely familiar. <laughs> yeah, well, so, um, you know, and, and at one point, um, um, and, in total, there were about 40 people in New Directions, approximately 40 people that were fired um, by management. And some of us believe that it was with the, uh, um, uh, with the blessing of the union, if not worse. Um, the people that were in power at that time so you're thinking wow I got a union that's supposed to defend me and and look at what they're doing yeah so if that didn't tell you that you had the the high ground you know like the Michelle Obama go high you had the high ground because they definitely had the low ground Mm -hmm. trying to fire people when all you're doing is is sticking up for your rights of free speech asking questions that maybe they don't want to answer yeah Um, maybe they don't look too good you know, I remember asking questions at, at division meetings and they'd all be looking down at their shoelaces like, whoa, good thing <laughs> he ain't asked me that question, yeah. you know?
1: Let me ask you and, a question about the, um, you as the secretary um, treasurer of the local, right?
4: You're skipping ahead. Good. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> because I, I wanted to clear something up with this whole 80 Western thing. And okay. the, this thing where Roger was, you know, they always say he stole whatever, his wife, whatever. But that's not the story. Roger gave us all the documents. And maybe you could elaborate more on the cell of 80 West End.
4: Well, 80 West End Avenue was only a good place for, for union folks that lived in Riverdale and had a car. Because uh, they could get right on the West Side Highway and get up there. And that just happened to be where a lot of the leadership of Local 100 was at the time. At the time. That they bought it back in 1985. Okay. Right? When, they, when, it, was, when it was swapped for a building and a whole other story on that well, for another show. But, well,
2: you know that sounds familiar because 195 Montague, it just so happens it's in downtown Brooklyn, and it's convenient that our union president lives in Brooklyn, and and a lot of and some of the officers live in Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, maybe.
4: So, yeah. I I don't. But at least at least Montague Street's near a couple of trains. You know. Yeah, at least yeah for you know for transit workers. You know, I know bus drivers. They all drive to work, but the train folks on the other side, most of them most of them take the train, right, and to get to work. So it's a little different, but. But 80 West End Avenue was the furthest place, arguably the furthest place in Midtown from a subway station. Okay. And, um, and, and so that, that needed to change. Uh, and, and we were going to get out there and look for a new place. And we, we did a lot of looking at one point. But the sale of the building, uh, you know, John, John Samuelson came in. and He wrote a demand letter. And he came in. And uh, we put all the paperwork in front of him. He actually brought in an accountant with him, and they went over it. And so I don't know why it's still an issue. This is, you know, ask, asked and answered. Um, we, had a, we had a good deal on the building. It was um, uh, a good amount of money, uh, and, uh, and it was the right thing to do at the time. All right.
1: You have any knowledge about the Gilmartin houses?
4: About the what? The Gilmartin houses. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I saw you guys posted something there. It's an indenture. It's not a bill of sale. It's an indenture. So, you know, we looked into this, too, because we were always looking at how do you get the best and highest use out of all the assets in the union for for the union members, right? Mm-hmm. To plan the rallies, go to Albany, do the political action, or do whatever you have to do, right? Um, and, uh, and, and we looked at it, and the uh, only way, uh, well, you know, I can say we looked at it. We had real estate lawyers come in uh, and take a look at all the real estate doings because you don't you know you don't use my advice is you don't use a labor lawyer to do real estate correct and you don't use a labor lawyer to do federal elections committee correct and you don't you know you, you don't even have an optometrist fix your hangnail right <laughs> because that's your foot not your eye exactly. right so you, you need to specialize so we had the lawyers come in and we said you know what can we do with this so the, the Gilmartin Houses was, a, was a, an offering back from 1984 from HUD, the, the Housing and Urban Development, or, or its predecessor. Uh, and the union paid only like $10,000 uh, re- and could put a retiree building in there. And, you know, and, and they had an underlying mortgage and it got paid off. So what it looks like to me that's happened right now is pretty much the same thing that the lawyers said we could do. And that is you could set up a not-for-profit But the money that you got had to go in the not-for-profit and stay there. So it couldn't serve the union members. So we felt it was better to wait, even though Roger and I would definitely not be in office at the time. Because I think the first year was either 2024 or 2034. So it was either like a 40 or 50 year thing from 1984. And at that point, you could get market price for this. Mm -hmm. So basically, it looks like this got sold short for 17 million for a building that's probably worth a lot more. Mm. Uh, you know, so that opportunity was available to us, and we decided not to do it. We decided to save it where it would uh, be of uh, a greater value for local 100 members of the next generation.
1: Now, was that building costing the local money to? Um no. So, not a so there was, was. So there wasn't. John and them didn't have to get rid of that building if they didn't want to.
4: Oh no, not at all. Not at all. So, um, yeah, I mean, so it's a non. It's a non for profit. So that comes under the attorney general's office, and then HUD's involved. So I guess you know, uh, anybody who has questions, they might be able to ask HUD, uh, and then there's the Department of Labor because it's union money. But now, I, I think to, I think that if. If the members of Local 100 don't get the answers that they're asking, and that you good folks are asking, I think you're asking these questions, right? I don't spend a lot of time <laughs> on, your, on your Facebook page, but I think there's questions that need to be answered on that, and, uh, you, know, and you should go elsewhere. You know, people, people did that for uh, when we sold the building. Yeah. and The Department of Labor came in, and uh, I didn't deal with them, our accountants dealt with them, and uh, we got a clean bill of health there too. Again, to your sailor 80 West (laughs) End Avenue. This has been sliced and diced and looked at and asked and answered so many times. And here I am sitting here and Roger's sitting here. Neither one of us have, you know, mansions on the ocean like he's talking about. (laughs) Or or no uh, indictments. uh, Right,
1: right. Because that's what would have came down if it was really criminal. Indictments would have came down. Of course. Everybody's still free. That's what I try to explain to people is that if something criminal was done, they would have had Roger in jail. Of course.
4: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You see, you know, Walter Ruther was the head of the United Auto Workers, and he said, you know, when you see a corrupt union, you'll see a corrupt boss. You'll see a corrupt owner. And they go hand in hand. So whether it's power corrupt or money corrupt, the folks I was talking about that got together to fire the people in new directions, they were at least power corrupt, if not money corrupt. Okay? And as long as things went, you know, smooth didn't rock the boat as you mentioned before then the union's okay we'll take care of the union we'll look the other way they can do what they want we don't care they can get the. they want this guy fired well i didn't like him anyway the manager says so they fired him and like i say, 20 people people were fired but i'm sorry i'm, I'm drifting from no you. no no on the building it's, uh because like no, i said asked and answered i'm proud of every moment that i spent there you know who would who would Take a whole sack of money. I mean, Roger, even at one point, was, it was very funny. And he said, he said to a whole crew room, he said, how do you do that? I mean, you got lawyers, you got accountants, you got banks, you got mortgages. How do you do that? You think you stuff it in a duffel bag and put it over your shoulder and walk out the door? <laughs> I mean, that don't happen. I mean, be real. Anita, you might have been there at one of those shop days, right? I mean,
1: <laughs> Ms. Clinton, is, she's quiet today. Yeah. Why are you so quiet today?
5: I um, just love listening to the history of the local. You know, I was part of it and it gives me a good feeling to be here with you guys doing basically the same thing that New Directions was doing. Haven't seen Ed in a long time, it's really good. But I've been here more than one time, so I give it all to Eric King. What's going on, Eric? (laughs)
0: How y'all doing? I'm doing all right.
1: We's good. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about your history?
5: Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, all together in transit, I got about 18 and a half years. I first started out my first seven and a half years in car equipment. I was a cleaner. So, you know, the next, you know, the rest of the time I've been in RTO. I first got my start in the union, my last two years in car equipment as a cleaner. Gil Bobe and Neil Prasad brought me in. And they started teaching me on the job, you know, training. I really didn't take shop steward classes, I was learning on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first things I was doing with the union is I was um, being a, a bus monitor elections. I was doing the elections, um, a monitor for the elections in the private lines, and in Map store. And I walked on the line with Roger when he was out of service, you know, before he became president. Okay. So when he was still fighting for his job and stuff like that, back and I was helping with you know organizing along with Neil Clinton, Shirley Martin, and. John Semino, uh, Joe Campbell, and others in car equipment. Okay. After about a year in RTO, the first union person I met was D.J. Smalls, and he was, you know, aligned with the people, with New Direction, with you know Roger and stuff like that. He he found out that I was tied to Gil Bowie and Neil Prasad. He spoke to him about me. They said, yeah, he's a good guy. He's willing to learn. You know, he wants. You know more knowledge, take them under the wing, bring them so after I cleared my probation in r t o they then started releasing me to where I was working in the union off and on a lot up until the time Roger was no longer in office, okay, so you know i would I would come out and get release time about six, seven months straight, go back to the road for a couple of months, and then you know come back out, yeah. And I was deeply involved ever since.
1: Yeah, so, you know, me and you are in the same department, so we share the same struggles as far as what goes on in the department, as far as uh, the chair and the VP, you know. So um, what do you think about the, the status of the union right now, especially our department, RTO?
0: And RTO is the worst it's ever been, okay? You have a vice president who never return calls, never comes out in the field never puts out any literature or anything to learn at all in RTO. Even the safety walk person is the only person you see, and you see that person once in a while, comes around and nothing ever gets fixed. It's atrocious. It's one of the worst I've ever seen. I'm a conductor on the A-Line. I do a lot of RDOs on different lines. I'm mostly at 207, one of the worst crew rooms in the system. You, you get... Um, Floods in the crew rooms constantly. Um, they don't fix none of the door locks. You got easy access from the public into uh, crew rooms, the locker rooms, yeah. and stuff like that. There's safety issues all around. Um, it's a, a lot of stuff is contaminated. Yeah,
1: I mean that that seems to be a problem in RTO. And is there a way that we could get um, find out who's released to do what? As far as like they release people to do safety walks. Like, I don't know who do the safety walks. I feel that as members, we should know who's being released by the union to do anything.
0: Well, a lot of people that come around, they don't even talk to nobody. it's it's no communication at all being done. Um, Even before they took power, when the election was first happening, when Kia ran, he sat in the crew room and he was totally quiet, okay? He came from doing, what was it, medical appeals at 180 Livingston? Yeah. His resume com- compared to Mike Staten, I mean, was non existent. Not even one third of, of what Mike Staten has. He had all the people that was running underneath him speak for him. He never addressed the members. He basically got in, supposed to be on. His popularity as a good guy. And that's another thing that's wrong with this union where you voting people in because you know them and not because of their skill level. Yeah,
1: popularity. Not
0: his popularity and because he threw nice parties and um, people like him. And a couple of you told me, oh, he's a good guy. He gets along with everybody. But what is his skill level? What did he have to bring to the table? What was his experience in the union? What was his knowledge on the union past presidents or anything, you know, that had to do with anything with the labor movement. What what was his experience? (laughs) Non-existent.
1: I'm glad I got my boy Eric King up (laughs) (laughs) here. Non-existent. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Hey. let me... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Finsley Singh. And
0: and you wanted to talk about, you know, talking about the corruption, like when you say about the stealing of money and stuff like that. I wanted to elaborate more because one of the documents I handed to you was how um, Sammy Singh was indicted and had to turn over financial controls. Yet, this guy gets a second term. How does he even earn a second term when you was indicted on the first time? And the only reason financial controls didn't go through is because the man that you signed the documents to had to step down because there was corruption under his administration. He wasn't corrupt, but there was other people that was, so they never enforced the financial controls turned over from the illegal stuff that Samson did.
1: I think that it's all about awareness a lot of stuff a lot of information don't get to the members and mm-hmm. that's where it starts if the information don't get to the members how they know not to vote who to vote for and i think the whole thing about i get i get accused of this a lot in the group that they say i'm campaigning now for the next election oh why don't you wait till election time to throw dirt basically I told them, you do dirt today, we go speak about it tomorrow. That's how I was working with Progressive Action. I don't believe that you should wait till campaign time to officially start slandering people or talk about what's going wrong or what's going right.
0: Well, I had a conversation with you maybe a year ago was when I was trying to persuade you to run and you didn't even want to run. So for them to come out there and say that, you you said at the proper time or in the future or whatever you may consider it. So you wasn't doing it, you know, all this just for no campaign boss.
1: Yeah, and I'm still not doing it. Really, when they ask me, because Crystal Friends always ask me. So I said, whatever she run for, I run for. That'd <laughs> 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 be the end of that. And now, you
2: know, and you know, another an, an, another thing that ticks me off is when these guys talk about progressive action, and when they attack Tramiel and say, well, you have three years on a job, so what do you know? Or, you know... Basically, he should just shut the fuck up. That's what they're basically saying. Because I only so then, got three years. <laughs> because you only got three years. So then I step in and I tell them, well, listen, again, I have the time on the job. So I want you to bullshit me and tell me to shut the fuck up or that I don't know nothing that was going on. Well, because, again, these people, they always revert back to Roger's administration, the previous administration, when it comes to these things. Now, when it comes to the health benefits, right, again... Why did they have to say that, as per the contract in 2002, when a, a lot of the members who were reading it were, weren't on the job in 2002? So what, is that, what does that contract have to do with them? You see what I'm saying? Oh. As far as letting them know, well, as per the contract in 2002, the health benefits are being changed. You understand know what, well, what I'm saying? You, it's, a, it's a mind thing that says, okay, you people know, or you're trying to send a message to the members saying that we didn't do this. This is the result of the previous administration that did this. Yeah, but they they
1: foolish. The thing is this. Even when they come at me with, you got three years. Three years, I just got involved basically with this union stuff a year ago. A year, exactly a year ago, yeah. I got involved. Mm-hmm. They be in here 10, 15 years. They should be embarrassed that they didn't create no change within this union.
0: Yeah. What the hell you was doing? Listen, I went through this too. When I started out early in RTO, you had people telling me, how much time you have. And at that time, I may have like nine years altogether. One one guy used to um, try to clown me in the crew room. Oh, I got more bathroom time than you got time. Oh, yeah, that's one of the old lines. But but see, the thing is, if you've been here for 20 years, and all you did was sign in and out and go home, a person had been here for two years who gets involved, go to union meetings research stuff get involved with politicians and all that can know more than a person has been here 20 years it's not it's not the amount of time is what you did while you was in here and how you applied yourself yeah that's
2: true very very true. right and then they act like you were just born when you come to the <laughs> my, job because my they, induction you know date is not my date of birth <laughs> exactly because you know they don't understand that you know you came from a job where there was a union so it's like if you have you know you have a lot of people out there on the job who are like that the way this is not their first job, so okay, people know what it is—the structure of a union, and mm-hmm. management, and the bickering and go and the you know negotiating going back and forth or what you know, and whatnot. So yeah. that's what I mean when I say it's—it's just pure ignorance. And mm-hmm. Tramel always say, "Well, you know, when these guys get on Facebook and start typing and attacking, you should get back on there." But I can't tolerate ignorance. Mm-hmm. I, it's just—it's just something that's always been that way with me up here. If you don't know what you're talking about Or if you just loud and wrong Or if you, don't, if you sound silly I'm not going to conversate with somebody like that Because it's a, I just feel it's a no win situation No
1: but the thing is I try to tell you when somebody is loud and wrong Somebody's listening So if they loud and wrong People go take their loud and wrong as being law So you always have to combat You can't sit there and let people say whatever they want That's why people My phone ring crazy Why? Because I combat everything I go against everything. If it ain't right, I'm going to say something. If it, they, you loud and wrong, people listening, people watching. Everybody ain't going to like everything, but people like this in their phone. You know what I'm saying? They taking in the information. So that's why I tell you, you got to come back. You can't sit there and let people say what they want. They say something wrong, you correct them. We got our own audience. People look for us for, for leadership and guidance now. You know what I'm saying? We can't let people come infiltrate, especially our stuff, and say whatever they want. It can't happen like that. But Mr. Watts, I yeah. know you had something to say. I gotta, I, 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 I gotta.
4: I'm having flashbacks, yeah, <laughs> because, you know, I don't have it in front of me. But, well, let me, let me go back to what you were saying first. And that is, um, that's what the old guard of the old regime would say. Oh, you know, save it for the election, save it for the election. And then when you come around election time, they say, ha, they only come around when they are looking for your vote. Correct. So <laughs> this is a tender trap they set for you. You know what I mean? Uh, but if you go back to the, the, the back of the TWU Constitution, it's got a quote by Mike Quill. And it goes something along the lines of you've got to do more than just pay your dues. You've got to yeah. come to meetings. You gotta ra- so you've got to raise the issues as they, as they come up Correct. and not wait till election time exactly. to settle the issues. Exactly. The issues happen in these jobs every day. Correct. Right? Whether it's assaults, bathroom access, all the, all the problems that, that we go through. Bad bosses, we've got a few of them. Right, lousy schedules, traffic, et cetera, everything that you're fighting out there, right? You gotta deal with these issues every day and it's management's job and it's the union's job to deal with them, right? Correct. And and when they don't and you raise the issue, all of a sudden you're a troublemaker, right? And that can't be. You're uh, an equal brother or sister. You're raising these issues for everybody to hear. Collective action is how you solve these issues. It's not magic. That's That's the other thing the old guard would always like to say hey, you know, you got a problem, give me a call. That's how you solve it. It's not how you solve it. It's, a, it's a, an approach to organizing people. Unions were built on the premise of collective power, and you have to organize, you have to talk to each other. Right, and, and, and educate people on the issues. And that's how you get things done.
1: Correct, I like the way that was put. Thank you for that one. Oh yeah. They needed, they needed to hear that one right there. <laughs> of, of course. Yeah. No, what I wanted to ask you was this. I oh.
4: think Anita's having flashbacks too, but she that's is? something else. All
1: right.
5: <laughs> Absolutely, I, I just wrote on um, Facebook today, you know, when I think it was, uh, one of the guys on Facebook said, oh, um, progressive action is just new directions. And some people took offense of that, and I basically said, you know what? It, it the correlation is uncanny because when I came onto the job, the members felt like they feel now—pretty powerless and, you know, um, unable to do anything, affect change. And the union was in bed with management. There was no safety issues being addressed. Uh, women's issues was non-existent, and so uh, it was pretty dire. And they still are. Well, that's my whole point, is that New Directions was born because of a need, not because we were power hungry, not because we wanted to get into elected positions. All we wanted to do was make the union responsible, accountable, and accessible, which they weren't. Yeah. And so when we, it took it 15 years to achieve that because our basic goal was to make them responsible. And when they wouldn't listen to us or take any suggestions... That's when we said, okay, we got to take over this mother. And we did. And it was a, a beautiful ride to see it go from a non existent in bed with management union to a really proactive, very involved union. And then for it to be turned over to the likes of John Samuelson and to see what he's done, he deconstructed everything that we've gained. And the members feel the same place that they were back when I came onto the job in 1983 where they felt powerless and they're angry at their own union. No member should ever be angry at their own union. And so here we are back again. And it's very uh, disheartening for people like me, Ed, you know, everybody in the room who was part of New Directions and part of, uh, of making that change. It was huge strides that we made under um the Tucson administration, which he doesn't get a lot, uh, enough credit for. And as far as them bashing Tucson, you got somebody who's on the job five years. They they can't even relate to who is Tucson, you know. And this administration just wants to use them to blame all their epic failures. Anybody who sees me writing on Facebook knows I'm good for naming them. I'll list them A to Z, one, (laughs) two, three, (laughs) you know, because there's so many, you know, and the members need to know.
1: See, and even with the thing with that, they blame Roger for everything. Yeah. Roger haven't been in office for six years, seven years, something crazy like that. And they just use him as a scapegoat. And what Samuelson tried to do is remix everything Roger did and put his own spinning name on it.
4: I call it Roger Light. Roger Light. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Roger Light. Absolutely. That's right. If I can't blame him, I'm going to imitate him.
1: Yeah. And and, and, I mean, he's not doing a good job imitating him. It's so sad with the leadership of the union. Is that even when I go see, I went to see my lawyer and we was talking about the transit issues. He said, isn't the black guy still the union, um, the, the union um, president of the union? I said, no, it was, I had to explain to him what was going on. He was like, you got to be kidding me of what's going on. So I just said it to somebody. Matter of fact, I said it to, um, I may have said it to Tony Herbert, I, I believe. And I don't think he was clear of who the president was. And it's sad. This is a 40,000 member. Union and you, nobody don't know who the president is. You should be out here, everybody. You should be a household name. You know what I'm saying? And even I wanted to ask you this, because you served on the MTA board. Oh yeah. Can you tell me about your experience with that? Like what was what's being spoke about at the MTA board meetings? Um, because it's kind of funny that a president would want to do it.
4: So it's it's interesting that you know when we came into office, actually, uh, Roger had asked the recording secretary, who I'm not going to name because I don't want any more flashbacks, um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, to to be on the MTA board, and and and, and he recoiled and he didn't want to do it. Finally, he relented, and, um, um, and and they put his name in, and uh, and management just refused to put us on the on the board, and they claimed that. Uh, and, and this is the power corruption I'm talking about. They claim that uh, well, there's already a guy on there from Labor. His name is Tommy Cassano. and uh, and until he, and, and unless he resigns, he's just held over there because this was a Senate appointment. Now, that's true. It's a point you're appointed by this or approved by the Senate, appointed by the president of the su- appointed by the governor. Uh, let me get it right. You're appointed by the governor, but you're suggested by on the recommendation of the largest bargaining unit, which is Local 100. They, they don't name you. They call you the largest bargaining unit. And, uh, and approved by the Senate. And until that happens, uh, this guy has to stay there. Well, this guy, talk about a conflict of interest. He uh, um, the day before we came into office, his title was assistant to the president, the Local 100. The day after we came into office, he was a manager for the TA. So him and four others walked from the union. And when New Year's was done, they worked for management. Eddie Melendez, vice president of my division. the My, my predecessor, uh, Dennis Calhoun. That's the car maintenance folks' his favorite guy. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, who am I missing? That's two, three. There was... Uh, Tony Dandridge, right, was one oh, of the guys. RTO. RTO. and then there was someone else. Anyway, that they just they just walked in. Anyway, so Tommy Cassano wouldn't step aside, right? Um, and uh, and then um, uh, at one point, Roger said, "You know what? I don't want that guy. I want to put Ed on. Let me put Ed on because I I had, I was doing the nicer stuff on the pension board. So um, so now I get to do the MTA board, and finally they had relented, and uh, and approved it. So. It's really good to be there on the MTA board. Um, I agree with you; it shouldn't be the president, but certainly that's John's call. Um, And I served there for six years. And if you do it right, you get somebody on staff. We had a great director of uh, research, Claudia Preparata, uh, and she was kind of like the second on that. And she would, you know, uh, analyze the books, would have a discussion on the books before we went in there. They give you the books on on uh, Friday afternoon, literally. You mean
5: financial books?
4: All the financial books for the MTA, okay. but, but not only that, the bus books and the RTO books and whatever, whatever meetings, committee meetings you're going to. It's, it's you know, I, I used to kid about having 48 jobs because <laughs> this, is, this, is the, but this is the position that management all over this country puts the union in, right? They, they make you play defense on this stuff. Anyway, um, but you're there and you get to speak. Um, to the issues, so it's really good, and it's just, uh, and so I've technically been on the board for twelve years, um, but um, in the last six, I heard nothing from Local One Hundred president, and I, and and the the fight that we had over putting our person on the selection of Local One Hundred, I wasn't going to step in there. I could have showed up and been a jerk, right at the meetings and and done some something, but you know why would I why would I do that? Um, if John wanted to leave the chair empty, that was his choice. But How long he left it empty that's what he did for? for six years. Oh, he left it empty? He yeah. left it empty for he, six it years. Because it just got then, filled just right.
1: recently. Right. Oh, wow. So we lost the, basically a lot of ground during those six years then.
4: I, I think you did. But you guys think you did. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here on the radio exactly, show. Exactly.
1: Because you now that kind of makes sense because he stalled out on a contract from um, – 2012 Yeah, 2012 yeah he stored that on a contract he could have had inside you know information if he had somebody on the board as far as the books and stuff was
4: concerned it's not so much inside information it's you get to ask the questions there in the public forum it's, it's more like that but but here's the thing if you know John is probably doing everything right if you look at the world the way John looks at the world and that's go along to get along be friends with the governor Fight the mayor, the governor's enemy, Mm -hmm. right? Promise them, which I don't know that he has, but maybe he promised them he wouldn't go on strike. He wouldn't make any trouble. So if you have that way of running, if you have that view of the union, there's actually a book written about uh, public sector unions called um, uh, Managers of Discontent. Maybe I got the title wrong, but that's the subtitle. That's how they view the union. You're the head of the complaining department. And you're supposed to tell everybody... (laughs) Like they told us for years, I'm going to have more flashbacks for poor Anita here. You're lucky you have a job. That's what the union said for twenty years, and that's right. And And that—that's you know. And as she said, she's absolutely right. Um, Militancy is organic. You can't manufacture. You can grow it. You can water it. You can feed it, right? But you can't invent it, and you can't manufacture it. Very true. All right. The
2: the best organizer is the boss.
1: That's that's very true.
2: Yeah. I've heard that term too be, be lucky you have a job When it comes to the discipline and, exactly. they, and, and, and and people go in there And they sign those stipulations And they get demoted And they did, They say Be lucky you have a job Meanwhile They didn't fight hard They could have did a lot better Before a person has to get demoted And lose their title Or you you, you know So
1: Yeah Now what, what, what you, you want th- next question I'm sorry go ahead Yeah what you think about um, Steve Down's switch Because it seemed like he was You know down at one time And then now he's with Sam, you and...
4: You know, um, I know these guys for a long time, like 1985, right? Tim, yeah, Tim and Steve. Tim and Steve were at my wedding, actually. And uh, so that, that's, how, that's how far back we go. But um, I, I just want to give you a quote uh, from Steve after the 1994 election when we got 45% of the vote. Okay. It was unheard. It came from 31% to 45% of the vote. And maybe, maybe uh, Anita remembers. He said... Well, we really weren't in it to win it anyway. Remember that? Mahoney went crazy.
5: Yeah, you know, there was a certain um, group of people that came in that wanted to talk the talk but never walk the walk. And it seemed to me, in hindsight, that they were just there to foment trouble, you know, to start something but not finish it. The same way they criticized the strike. Oh, we didn't stay out long enough. (laughs) And, um, you know, uh, for someone like Steve to talk like that, who's supposed to be a student of labor and unionism, should know better than that because it's very easy to get into a strike. The hard part is getting out and uh, you want to come out with as few bruises as possible because a strike is like a war and you're not going to come out unblemished, you know, and you're not going to get everything that you want. But Steve is, you know people see me writing on Facebook, they know I call him Sellout Steve because (laughs) he, you know, as far as I was concerned he was always an armchair activist he was an excellent writer, gotta give credit where credit's due, but that's all he was good for, you know, he never got any black eyes, you know, he didn't get suspended or fired or anything like that, and um, Just hanging around trying to make a name, and now he's just hanging around trying to make some money.
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of money, too. That's six-figure money over there. Mm -hmm. And he's retired. Have anybody been to his house after the strike? Because he claimed he had the strike post on his wall that he supported the strike. Remember that? I don't
4: think
5: anybody (laughs) ever been to his house. Uh
4: I I used to say they were just interested in collecting merit badges, right? Mm -hmm. And, And I think, you know, I don't know what club it was for, but it was merit badges. I would go home and say honey, you should have heard me. Boy, I really, that was Roger's line. He said, honey, you should have saw me. I, I made this speech. I was great, you know. But, you know, the when you, when you make a speech, that's when the fight starts. And as Anita alluded to, not when it ends. That's not the end of the fight. Yeah. That's the beginning, you know. Get ready when you, mm-hmm. when you do that. So that's, that's, what, that's my view of, you know, of who they were. They were pseudo-activists.
2: Right, because basically at the rally last week, you know, I was told I didn't see him, but I was told. I think I think Joe told me that Steve Downs was looking outside the glass. He's one of the goldfish. He was one of the goldfish that was look, <laughs> that was looking at that was looking at us instead of coming outside to at least come out. Even if you didn't chant, come outside with your with your fellow union brothers and sisters and at least stand there next to us.
5: That's not Steve's thing. His thing is the pen, and you know he writes stuff, and he has his little minutes uh, that he interprets for the e-board with his bias and his slant and he was very instrumental in the hell on wheels that kind of thing but as far as true activism zero
4: wow so things go in cycles like like Anita said before you know what I mean New Directions had their day you guys have their day that's been that's been a history of of lots of struggles not just the labor movement but lots of struggles right sometimes they start in Fitz, I mean, I had my education in, the, in all the Irish revolutions, right? My grandfather was an IRA guy and, uh, you know, it made a big impact on me. Thank God he died at 85 in a warm bed, not bad for a gunman, <laughs> right? But he was in jail for 22 months, you know? And so you get then you study that history and you say, wow, how much different is that than so many other struggles that people go through, right, whether it's labor, civil rights, um, uh, uh, Sexual orientation rights, what, whatever is going on, that's that's where you got to look to see the examples of it. But here's the cycle with Steve Downs running demonstrations outside the Union Hall back when the, right when they had troubles with money back in 88, 80, uh, uh, 98, 99, and now he's inside looking out. So,
1: yeah. Now we contract is due this January.
4: I'm not voting on that contract. <laughs> you already said <set> it already. <laughs> <You ready? laughs>
1: How much you think that we deserve?
4: You know, I, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's always the saying, you know, you you never get what you deserve, and you only get what you fight for. So I, you know, I don't know what the ballparks are. Samuelson's I, you know.
1: saying now, nah, they were well, they saying nine percent for the three so, years. So
4: you know, Roger was so smart at this stuff. That was the last thing he actually talked about ever, ever, uh, and and so much so that they had these. Uh, it really, it really messes up the works when you go out there and you all of a sudden say you can get 9% or you can get this percent or you can get that percent because what you're doing is you're telling management that as long as I get this, I'll do anything else because what do you think management's going to do? Oh, you want 9%? I know how you get that. Here's this give back, that give back, this give back, that give back, that give, and they just put the list together. Why would you do that? It just doesn't make any sense to me that you would do that ahead of time. I mean, John. John's not John's been successful at this stuff in that it gets him reelected. so I'm not, you know, so good contract bad contract, I, I, don't, I don't think he speaks that language, he speaks that language of, of what gets me elected and as, as the folks in this room can talk to, the contracts and this was a big new directions thing the contracts that we voted on it was, it was uh, another department's turn in, in the boiling oil Right, in each contract. So, you had what? 1988 was the cleaners. Then you had you had the the, the buses back in '85, like I talked about uh, before, when they gave up lots of stuff, including the uh, the swing times. Okay. Um, and then you had uh, car equipment in in '99, right? When they gave up broadbanding. So what they said was, here we got a bunch of money. One out of the six departments gets screwed, right? And they they're gonna vote it down. Construction flagging at one point, I think in '88, right, and they're going to vote it down, but the other five divisions are going to vote for it, so the contract will pass. So if that's your goal and your only goal, instead of negotiating a good contract and then figuring out how you got to get it passed, a good contract for everybody that builds power, that builds unity in a union, that's that's the way that Roger did things, right? And I don't think that's, and I know that's the way that they did it before Roger, and I am thinking that's the way they're doing it. After Roger,
2: oh yeah, because definitely that the current contract we're under, the one from uh, twenty fourteen, uh, as me and Joe say, the pamphlet, you know, that they <laughs> give everybody, you know, basically, that's what that is. it sells out the cleaners because the cleaners is as far as the wage progression, it says it's you start off at sixty percent. Meanwhile, other most other titles start off at seventy percent as far as wages, and then of course the maintainer titles start out at. Was 85 percent right yeah. so you see the differences there with the different weight you know as far as the wage progression goes you know so that's what i mean when i said you know that's a prime example of the last contract
4: so things do go in cycles i guess huh yeah this has come back to haunt you so you guys got your work cut out for you right and, you know <laughs> it's not the, my work it's yours <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> you know
2: that's what it sounds like this administration is basically trying to you know they're playing the Back to the Future game, going back to the '80s.
4: Well, I mean, why not? You got all the leadership in the '80s and '90s. Sonny Hall and 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 a series, Dom Seda actually stuck up for him a little, do him a little bit. Was from what we've seen, and then and then he had a, a series of puppets in there running the thing. So they did what Sonny wanted to do, um, and and John hired as many Sunny people in his campaign back in 2009, and now working. For the local and for the international, uh, Harry Lombardo was, uh, you know, brought up by Sunny. You know, I, I mean, I've got the history of all these folks. You know, oh, like really, it's, it's well, I don't have any. I, I don't have no. Don't say it like that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have any eight by ten glossies or anything like this. Uh, you know, or, or, or bank account. No, I'm. am just saying. I. I was a, at uh, being like 30 years old and being on the executive board for three years. I. I had a firsthand, a, a front row seat you know, and what was going on, and I, I, it was pretty easy to figure out how they were doing the, you know, the okie-dokie here. Um, when, we, when we were campaigning for, for uh, pension reform back in 1982, and the union took us to a bus, my division, no, I was the only one from my division, and I had to get a change of day off and do all sorts of crazy things just to even get up to the union hall to get on the bus to go to Albany, and in that time, John Law was the, was the president at the time, and he said something that I'll always remember. Um, because it applied to him, as well as everybody else, he said elected officials are only interested in two things: getting elected and getting reelected, right And I think he lived it more than he was criticizing the the people in Albany for it, and I think that that's the way this union operates now too
2: i I totally believe that. John Law was a bus operator, right? John Law was a cleaner. he was I a cleaner, think. yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. But then he came up through Mapstoa, though. Right, he came up through yeah. Mapstoa. Yeah, that part yeah. I know, because they yeah. got a plaque of him up in Gun Hill Depot right by the crew. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Now, one thing I want to talk I, I about. I knew them all. That's how old I am. I really, I know I look young, but I started driving <laughs> when I was six. So yeah. oh, Okay, well, it is what it is, you know. It is what it is. Now, one thing I want to talk about now is the health benefits. Because right now, of course, I'm sure you know that... Uh, management is, uh, well, you know, we talked about it. Management is is switching the health benefits over to Aetna. And basically, it's um, a threat of the union allowing management to take away the defined benefit. And also, you know, it's also a threat for retirees because retirees who are between the age of 55 and Medicare age and also retirees, and mainly retirees who live out of state because all doctors don't take Aetna. So basically, um, maybe you can shed some light on 2002, what happened with the um, transition of the health benefit trust over to management and why it had to be done.
4: Yeah, sure, uh, and this is a, you know, another example of, of what money in a contract is, right? Um, like we were talking about before, if you name if you name your price over on wages, then they'll say, okay, good. Give us this, and, and we can get you that. And and you know, money is what they call fungible, right? It can you can move it around. Um, so, over the years, from from uh, probably the time that I came on, there had been no changes in the um, um, in the health benefits. You had GHI, you had HIP, and it wasn't so bad for people who are active, right? Um, and, but for the retirees, just like you say, they're out of town. When GHI closed up, um, you had, uh, um, some real problems for these folks, right? In in getting this, in fact, uh, there were retirees that used to come back every, uh, every three or four months, you know, hang out with their family for a day and a half, do their three or four or five, six appointments, whatever it was, you know, and then go back down South or wherever, you know, and, uh and carry on and come back. And that's, you know, that's the only way they could get medical care. And if you need, the term now is urgent care today, right? If you get that. So, um, so it's, it's a real problem. And and what, what they have to do, um, what you guys have to do is to put it side by side and see where were the, you know, where the doctor's here, what's the pool look like? The doctor pool, right? That's how you got it. That's where the analysis is, right? The doctor pool, you got to line it up. So, um, what they had agreed to all along, for current members, was um, what they called a defined contribution plan, right? So per employee, per head, they would put in X amount of dollars, and that, those dollars, you know, 432 dollars per month, blah blah blah, was in the contract. So you know, there's documents that you can go back to and look at this. But when we came into office, that that. The fun, the, so, so they would put in a set amount of money. So it's a defined contribution by management. And, and it would go into a fund, just like a pension fund. It was a health fund. Most of the health funds at that time were just getting, getting destroyed. Um, and, uh, and, and even the stock market's increase wasn't, wasn't doing well because the uh, health care was, it's bad now in terms of the raises, but it was out of control. So um, they had about 45, if I remember correctly, $45 million in the red right, that we came into, right? The fund literally was hemorrhaging. It was bleeding. And so they threatened to cut the benefits. They even had, I believe, the state um, insurance authorities or whatever, whoever governs state and health insurance plans, wrote us a letter to the trust. I wasn't on the trust. Roger was and a couple of other folks, Roger and Mark and, uh, and actually Sonny for a while. Um, and, and said, you know, you're, you're going to run out of money. You have to do something. You have to cut benefits. So it was a squeeze play. It was leverage, you know? So that's why we came out of the 2002 contract, which, by the way, was for the first time voted upon by every single division. They approved it. Even RTO, right, had approved it. And RTO always voted contracts down uh, in, in, in that history, right? So, anyway, so. Um, so, we set up an equivalent um, um, group uh, committee in, in the language of that contract, that said that, and it said they can't cut benefits, and if there is a, a suggestion that they're cutting, if there is a claim that they're cutting the benefits, then the union can use this committee to bring this stuff forward. And it had the same arbitrator as the contract in there. Now, I don't know how much of that has changed, and I haven't studied the Aetna stuff a lot, but I do know if they don't have someplace out of state. And I forget exactly who the provider was, but through the through the 90s, they did this with another provider when somebody else went bankrupt. I forget the company. One company went out of business, and um, the guys in Jersey, they gave them another one, but the new people couldn't get it. It was a, just a total mess in there. Uh, you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a total mess. Right, John? John's shaking his head in the back. <laughs> so th- they're, they're asking for this mess again, and then you're just going to have... You know, to give management something else to pay for it at some point, you know, or have the members go begging.
1: Wow, because they—they—it uh, was told to me that aetna is a ninety-five percent match to the last um benefits we had. The current benefits we have, yeah, th- that we got now. We got who, told, a, who told you that? Um, the VP of stations. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a ninety-five percent. He said he was in. A, he was in on the meeting.
4: So why wouldn't it be a hundred percent? That's what the I want to know. I heard yeah,
1: they yeah. left. They they um like. 200 and some doctors is out of the network now. Yeah, maybe,
0: maybe John's taking
4: him to the whipping shed. I don't know. <laughs> Why would it be a
0: match if you can't go out of town?
1: I mean, they lost some doctors. It's oh. a 95% match, which means oh, it's not a... Oh, on the a, pool. On the yeah, pool. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that back. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and and it's crazy that they could just switch it up like that. I, I really think that our health... Um, benefit contribution is going to go up probably a percentage or half a percent because we go pay for our own raises i believe for this contract
2: yeah and you know another thing that i don't like about the health benefit switch is see (laughs) these people have in mind that all all everybody does is go to work go home go to work go home and that's
1: it no no remix it cuz you don't go go to work want to hit somebody with a bus when I hit
2: somebody with dogs right exactly right yeah right exactly <laughs> and then I, forgot go home. I forgot about all that yeah. and then but you, people don't think that okay people like to go on vacation they like to go down south they like to go to different parts of the country they like to go on vacation and go to different so if you get hurt god forbid elsewhere outside of new york these are things that need to these are things that need to be thought about as far as coverage you need to make sure that the hospital, way down in Alabama, or way down in Georgia, or way down, way out in California, or Washington, or wherever you go, Arizona in the desert, wherever, you got to make sure that hospital will take the coverage. So why not have coverage for your members? You know why not have superior coverage for your members? Why cut corners? And,
1: and then with the transit refugee shit going on. That we moving further and further away from our job
2: location. People in the Poconos, they take out there. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I mean by saying you wonder why progressive action rallies in front of 2 Broadway. See, these are the reasons why I. These are the reasons why I stand proud, and do things like that in front of 2 Broadway. Why? Because this is what I tell Tremell all the time, when I tell everybody that knows me, with the MTA, the people that are in those positions, y'all didn't create it. All y'all, you know, y'all are basically put there in temporary positions to handle money and handle things that you didn't create. You're not, you know, they're not Lehman Brothers or they're not the Koch Brothers. I mean, you know, those rich fucks. You know what I'm saying? I mean... You know they do what they do to people but at least they created it the people that created walmart the people that created costco and and papa john's and all these people okay but costco's a union guy so leave him in a separate category uh, i'm sorry about that i I, I got it wrong okay okay but the bottom line is with the mta with these people it doesn't belong to them so exactly so how do y'all have the stones to do what y'all do to the workers who are here for, 20, for at least 25 years. And they come, here that, to, they come here to hurt. Exactly. They don't come here to help.
5: Right. But Cause. I think um, one of the things that's um, not being talked about is the committee that Ed talked about. And I believe there are mandated meetings that they're supposed to attend or a certain number of meetings they're supposed to attend that apparently um, Samuelson hasn't been attending. And so... When, they, when management just makes these changes to the health benefits, um, they get away with it because nobody's at the meetings. Nobody's right. paying attention.
2: Right. So if you try to put up a legal fight, you can say, okay, well, listen, you know, when it comes down to it, were you at the meeting? Did you have the meeting?
5: But the problem, part of the problem that I see with the local right now is um, you don't have people asking those kinds of pertinent questions. I don't know who um, is not under John Samson's thumb. That's on the E-board that could ask those kinds of questions because, uh, as an E-board officer, you could demand to see the minutes if they say they went to those meetings.
1: Shauna Robinson, I got a job for you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh,
5: I don't know how many people there are. I don't. I'm out of that loop, but. Those questions need to be asked, even if they don't answer, or they lie, because then it becomes part of the record. The story with the Gilmartin Martin houses, E-board members should be asking for details on that. The, um, the the purchase of that Brooklyn, that Bronx building,
2: Westchester Avenue. Yeah, Westchester. Yeah, twenty-four seventy-five. Yes. Somebody Chester.
5: needs to ask questions. Same thing with the minutes, and the executive board officers. To me, it's the right person to be asking those questions. It's the right forum. They have the right to ask those questions. And then it becomes part of the record. So if they lie, it's going to be part of the record. If they don't answer, it's going to be part of the record. The executive board officers that we are supposed to have are not doing their job. They're not um, making um, notes and making reports. What happens on the executive board affects every member on the job, the highest um, governing body of the local where these big decisions are being made and uh, executive board officers have to cast their vote. And they're supposed to be letting the members know. Members should be demanding executive board reports. And they should be given at division meetings and section meetings. And I don't see that happening. That was one of the ways that uh, New Directions really got our foot in the door. When we got into the executive board and we saw what was going on, and we were able to come back and tell the members. I think Ed and John probably remember going to meetings where they were not divulged the financial record. I remember seeing it on the wall, they projected it on the wall, it wasn't a piece of paper that you could look at. Then they gave it to us in paper form and we weren't allowed to take it out the room. When those kinds of things happen, you know that there's dirt, there's corruption, there's something that's wrong. And I feel like the same thing is happening, but. Where we were making demands, people on the executive board, we like lifted up the cover of darkness, and we need to have that happen now.
1: Well, I had somebody had asked um, Earl Phillips for the what's up with the phone bill. The phone bill went from sixty thousand dollars, like from in July, to ninety thousand in August, and why the bill fluctuated thirty thousand dollars within a month's time. Now, I bring that up to Joe Bermudez. He said, oh, you know, I'm part of that problem. You know, I dropped my phone last week, and I they sent me a new one. I said, well, did 500 people drop their phone? Really? <laughs> for thirty a $30,000 difference? I'm quite sure that they're getting corporate discounts with these phone companies or whatever the case is. I don't think they're paying regular uh, retail fee for, like, me and you. That's that's." Plain business. If I'm gonna buy 200 phones from you, what In kind of bulk. deal you going give me? That's
5: right. You're gonna get a discount. Mm-hmm.
1: It's not ninety. It ain't go. What's thirty? What you go doing? Thirty thousand dollar difference. And they asked Earl for the paperwork. He never produced it.
0: Of course not.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> of course Unbelievable, not. Yeah. Eric King. Eric King. He gets real passionate about this. He he been promoting his basketball things going on. He been he ain't been getting into the fray of the um the politics lately. Oh, yeah, because... because
0: okay. well, you've been ignored. Um, whether it was at union meetings, you know, in the field. None of, none of the reps that's there and RTO get back to the members. A lot of the members in the field come to me in the crew rooms. I get a lot of calls on my <laughs> cell phone. I'm not even a release union rep. Um, and I get a lot of things done in the field that don't even make it um, downtown. Yeah. You know, to where I get stuff squashed that these guys are not even doing down at 2 Broadway. Yeah. And it's a shame. I mean, you're elected, you're in office, The um, new hires, you know, come screaming to me all the time about who's speaking up for them with the tier six, um, you know, picture reform and stuff like that, because they're not getting any answers downtown.
2: Yeah, tier six, tier six is crazy. And you know, another thing that's going on in RTO, and I, and I heard this from four different sources, that new people in the school car, it's just you know the attrition rates are just astronomical because a lot of people are failing.
1: Well, a girl called me today. I actually got a phone call today of a girl. She's about to get fired, from what she told me, because she failed the practical. This is why they this is why they firing her because she didn't reset the cord. She pulled the cord. They did a, a, a station bypass. You know, you're supposed to pull the cord first or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. She did everything except reset the cord. Why would y'all fire her for that? In the field... The train operator would tell you, partner, my train not charging up. Reset your cord. Check your cord. And you're on your way. They fire her for something simple like that. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy.
2: Yeah. You know, so, you know, from what I understand, from what a couple of them was telling me, that basically it, you know, the TSSs don't care if if they, people pass and they are, uh, you know, so basically, and then basically, basically it it's a whole political thing. It's like it's almost as if, it's designed for a certain amount of people to fail, to have this revolving door. Well, and, and to add to that, they got a new, I don't know if you know,
1: Eric, an Oru, a ORU test you got to take to be a conductor now. So you got to pass an ORU test now to okay, be a conductor. Okay, well, that's something new. No, it's new. I, it's didn't have to go it's through new. It. It's, okay. I seen it on the last um, application, and a girl hit me um, about three days ago and said, hey, um. Can you give me some information about the oral test? I said, just speak English. I don't know what to tell you for that. <laughs> it's something new.
0: Well, i tell you this, uh, Jamel. You said that um, a revolving door for the new hires, but I actually think it's a little bit different. I think they want more new hires here and push out a lot of... Yeah, that's uh, true. The old people here, because the new hires they can control more.
1: Not only that, they cheaper. We, we, yeah, yeah, we cheaper. We cheaper. Right. cheaper. That's
5: right. money. And, yeah. Exactly. Save
0: money. And they don't have the history knowledge of anything. They keeping. They dumbing down the membership more and more each year. And um, you know, with these this new union that's in now, you know, on the same thing, they don't come out in the field and teach nothing. I remember when Roger Egg and Near and all of them was in office, you saw them a lot in the field. I mean, they were everywhere. They will always encourage you to come down to union meetings, get involved, get involved. Literature was everywhere, okay? We didn't have... This age now of Facebook and stuff like that, but they right. were effective with ground
2: roots. Yeah, because like I said, the rallies were crazy. I still I can still remember flooding Midtown, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you go to Samyansons, uh rallies <laughs> if if you have, night less than half the crowd roging egghead. Right. You
5: gonna get a swag bag. A
2: swag, yeah. <laughs> what, what's
5: a what, what
0: swag bag? <laughs> that was so I don't crazy. Know. <laughs> you bringing street terminology into a political forum? Now? Yeah. They trying
2: to they trying to attract a certain crowd, right? And, and that and it just sound corny. Right, swag a, back. Right, and another thing they have, and I told, I showed this to Tremel, They got a on the on the on the union website. They got a video. It's, it's, it's a, 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 a makeshift rap video <laughs> talking about telling customers to stand back.
5: Oh yeah, that's old. Right, yeah. it's old. Stand yeah, but what, back. right? What they stand did? They,
2: right, they took Fat Joe's uh, yeah. "Lean Back" song and took it and said "Stand Back." So I'm like, really? That's Y'all the guys...
5: job of management, though. You know, t- t- telling the uh, passengers to stay away from the yellow line and here they go they make their video yeah
2: but i'm saying to myself but again it's their way it's just their way of trying to keep up with the street and you know the, and the what's going on or whatever you know i want to know
1: who's okay in these things yeah it's nick Bedell or steve down somebody like that
2: well those guys wouldn't know nothing about no rap and all that i mean it's i mean you,
1: you could tell by the rap that whoever put it together <laughs> ain't know nothing about rap <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know I'm in that field I do <laughs> concerts Exactly <laughs> <laughs> Right They
1: didn't know about it Hey let me ask you this would you think Like somebody I forgot who brung it up Harry Wills brung it up And I think it's a great idea If Samuelson Was to call Like the likes of you Roger Toussaint Is Sonny Hall still alive? Yeah, He alive.
5: was at that um, The retirees last right. membership meeting
1: To come to the table To negotiate This new contract
5: He'll
0: never do that.
1: No, I know he'll never do it, but would you think that'll be a good idea?
5: <laughs> that face no, no, <laughs> the face said it all, no, right?
4: No no, because of what I said before, what you know Anita said, and that the militancy is organic. You know, the you see the myth, again, is the myth is magic, right? Or or connections or relationships, and that's what gets you a contract. Um, you talked about those rallies out there. They didn't want to see 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 people in the middle, middle of MT, MTA headquarters. Who oh, didn't want to see that? The MTA didn't want to oh, see yeah, okay. it. Oh, yeah, Right? And and when you have people out there in 2002, when you have 80 different locations, people walking around with a sign in 2005 you know, on their lunch with a picket sign saying, just practicing. <laughs> Which is what we did. So that's great. That, 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 that's that's each, each, pl- each time we did a different tactic to get a contract, right? And, mm-hmm. and so you had, you know, mini actions, right? But that's like I talked about before, that's organizing using, using the rank and file power and not just the power of, of the office to get your contract. So John's not into that. So why, why would it work for me to walk in there? It wasn't my pretty face. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got the contract. It was the fact that they look, when they looked behind you, they saw 38,000 members. That's, that's what makes a difference.
5: That's where the power lies. That's right.
4: I'm
1: going I'm to I'm play something for you.
5: Sam's saying wants
0: to see 15,000 people on here either. He has six million reasons not to.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I want to play something for you. And I, wanna, I want you to let me know. How authentic how authentic you think it is. One of them is um, Loda, and the other one is Samuelson. I think the first one is Loda, is it? Yeah, Loda. But is I it. want you to pay attention basically to what Samuelson is saying. I
5: want to hear Willie Rivera. That's what I want. You want to hear the oh, Willie Rivera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to hear that. I I,
1: yeah. I, I I cue that up. But here hey, go right here. Here go the clip.
6: But we're talking about a, a job that has dangers. And I don't think that's uh, realized sometimes in negotiations. Um, and What's going to be your different approach this time around? Right. So this time around, the organization
4: that we have on the ground uh, among rank-and-file transit workers is much stronger than it was uh, in 2012. Uh, We have uh,
6: been doing a lot of organizing uh, in the seven years that I've been president, both internal organizing
4: and external organizing. Uh, We have no intention uh, in, in this round of bargaining of making any kind of public pronouncement that there won't be a strike deadline set. Uh, we're gonna go back to the more traditional transport workers union local one hundred model of establishing a deadline. That'll that'll be that that deadline will be the product of a discussion with our executive board, which hasn't happened yet. The negotiations won't begin until November, but we do expect it to be a very different type of negotiation.
1: And this is Loda. <laughs> Talking about Samuelson.
2: It got to a point where they
6: didn't know what to do. So in 19 separate times, they said, you know what? We're not coming to the table. We can't
2: negotiate with somebody who's not willing to come to the table.
4: What do you say, not know what to do? I mean...
2: I don't, I, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not sure that the leadership of the Transit Workers' Union knows how to negotiate a contract. They, The, the, the president of the Transit Workers' Union right now has never negotiated a contract in his life. And the reality is, I don't think he knows how to do it. He won't listen to his advisors, he won't listen to any of the attorneys that are involved. There are road, there's a roadmap to getting it done. You need to have a willing party. I was a willing party any time of the day and night. I would plead with John Samuelson. I would text him messages. It's time, to, it's time to get to the table.
1: Samuelson said he was mobilizing and organizing for the past seven years.
2: Where? I don't know.
5: You know, that's um, more for you guys to answer, you know, and to ask and, you mean. Well, no, to no. Head. I mean, to, because Ed and I are, are retired, so I mean, if there's any organizing and mobilizing the active members should see it, feel it, know it, and if it's not happening, then it's not happening, you know. I mean, I personally know that that's a lot of bull. Because uh, that's why the members are still feeling like zombies and very unhappy. We
2: asked Joe. Well, yeah, he's organizing because basically, what you know, the 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 ad in Times Square, the 15-second ad in Times Square. That's he's not getting, organizing. He's, I know. I'm just. That's That's a rhetorical joke. Not,
1: that's not organ. Well, Cami- Samino, <coughs> you, um, Sam, you said he organized in your in your yard, your shop today. I wasn't there today. I didn't see it. Oh, okay.
2: Okay, what's going on Joe?
6: Hello everybody. I know I have to officially say something to make this my 12th show. <laughs> so <laughs> He was counting. Of course, yeah, right? Uh, I'm glad to see this panel. I haven't seen Anita and Ed in a while. How you doing guys? Hey, how you doing? And of course my, my good friend Eric. How you doing brother? How you doing? All right. So, yeah, man, that was pretty funny what we heard. I mean, you know, a load of thing we knew about because there was, they were stalling till after the elections. Um, Ed, Ed mentioned this before, and it's absolutely true, this is what we say all the time, is that Samuelson's strategies, um, they, they, they surround what what's good for Samuelson. And the rest of us, the other 40,000 of us, are like that dot, you know, in the rearview mirror. That's, that's us coming in second behind what's good for him. And um, this this contract is going to be no different. Somebody will pay the price. I think that the new, because, you know, we didn't mention the new employees that, that um, you know, how hard they were hit in this contract as well. And just to, you know, mention what the, the, the clean is, that was 60% of 2009. So that's even worse than 60%. It's 60% of seven years ago. That's what they start with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to say that, you know, like, you know, he's, he's, internally organizing. That's probably accurate. He's probably organizing the staff. Um, and that's it. Out external organizing, there is none. Zero zilch. That would be yeah. ordering lunch. Exactly. That's how you organize the BBQ staff. or Chinese. <laughs> right? Right, guys? All yeah. we saw that's right. We didn't see anybody at the hall, but we saw little stains in the carpet <laughs> right. where the
2: BBQ <laughs> juice was leaking out of the bag. Exactly. But like I said, no, you know, there's no paper clips. There's no fingerprints on the door. In other words, all the all the everything was in there
1: was clean. They had spoil you milk in the refrigerator, which means that no, nobody was up there making coffee. Exactly, like,
6: it was sterile. It was like a 1970s uh, science fiction movie. Everything is white. You know, that's that's how it looked. Mm-hmm. Not a fingerprint, not a smudge. Um, so anyway, yeah, that that doesn't surprise me um, that he would claim that he's organizing. I don't know who that's supposed to fool. Um, is he trying to fool the MTA? Is he trying to fool us? We haven't seen any organizing, any semblance of it, except for the cleaner rally at Two Broadway
2: that he had nothing to do with. Um, so I don't know what he's talking about. Well, the only rally I know, that, you know, of course, November fifteenth they have the rally coming up in front of Two Broadway that Nick Bedell had to come and survey where they're going to set up everything. And the labor, and the um, workers' comp lawyer. The workers' everything.
6: comp lawyer, yeah. yeah. Is that where I get my swag? That, yeah, I guess. I want my union swag. Yeah, I want mine too. Exactly. <laughs> Who's entertainment? Who's going to be the entertainment? I don't know.
1: I guess they're gonna get. I guess they're gonna have a DJ out
2: Maybe,
6: there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that
1: guy that was rapping in the um, the video. You are yeah. Stand back. Stand back. <laughs> exactly. Unbelievable. I'm I'm queuing up this Willie Rivera clip. So y'all keep
2: talking. Oh okay.
6: Oh okay. That's gonna be interesting. I was yeah, dying to hear that. Very interesting. You know. I mean, we we have um, probably a, a great opportunity to organize outside. I mean, the members are ready for it. Um, it's just that you know the leadership won't do it. If you I mean, Ed was right when he when he talked about you know the importance of being on the MTA board. I mean, you can you can you can speak publicly on the board, or you can speak publicly from the audience. Um, you know, get to, you can get your mic time and get up there. Um, and it shouldn't be the president, no. But you know, for him, it's for, for Samuelson. It's about prestige. It's about ego. It's about everything. Look at me. Look at me, ma. I made it. And, um, you know, this is this is like, you know, we're paying a price for that kind of um, for his ego, for his, you know, uh, uh, inside of his head accomplishments. That's what we seem to be. Uh, that's what we, what we seem to be paying the price for.
5: And, you know, I, I have questions about this uh, administration where um, prior to this last election, you had all these uh, sex offenders that were on on staff. <laughs> and now you got i mean that's that's not even funny you know that's that's serious business you know and and now you have um elected officers with aliases on Facebook like terrorizing members on on Facebook, and they don't even have the guts to put their true name like what kind of union allows elected officers to have fake names and fake fa- Facebook profiles to go on? and to cause chaos on a Facebook and page. Attack, and attack members. You know, exactly. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah.
1: And I, I got it queued up. Y'all want to get to yeah. that? Oh, and yeah. For, absolutely. And
2: don't forget stolen profiles because they stole <laughs> yeah, Tremel's the name is, yeah. and they stole my name. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Jamel, he did that to you too? He did it to me they, too, yeah. Got, if, you, if you search
1: Jamel, they got a fake profile with him. No picture or nothing yet. No picture, they, no they, nothing. They getting ready to get it started. It's trifling. They, they tried to join more than RTO the other day. My profile, actually, I got it removed. I had to submit my ID to um. Facebook, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, and they got it removed. It took a few days, but because there,
6: there was a fake progressive action one, right? No, it's with, a
1: fake progressive uh, action group,
2: right? To Urkel. Oh, I didn't know that. You see that? didn't see it. No, with the Stephen Chan pictures. Oh, get out of here! I didn't see, okay. <laughs> I told <laughs> That's you that. Crazy. Okay, yeah. You, I think
5: you did. Okay. Well, but, you know that, that that is officially that they feel intimidated no, by you that, guys but, to do something but you gotta, like that. But you got
1: to understand, these guys done called my school, tried to get me expelled. I heard about that. Um, they. Yeah, they, they called, wrote my school and tried to get me expelled.
5: Sammy crew, Wasn't Tommy it McNally. Talent? yeah. Wow.
1: My school contacted me and said, Do you know Thomas McNally? I said, Yeah, well, what happened? Oh yeah, you know, he said that something is going on that don't got nothing to do with the school, but you know, you could um file charges. This is harassment. He's not allowed to do this. This to have nothing to do with school. Or whatever. I said, Dad, these guys, they pulling out their best moves with me. You know what I'm saying? Now they're at the bottom of the barrel. Facebook profiles, what's next? (laughs) What's next? But we're going to play this Willie Rivera clip. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's see how this this goes, Sam. And I think Willie Rivera um, actually made that fake profile page for me. And if he didn't, he's going to be responsible because he called me a tranny. So me and him never go dead this.
5: And he he probably did because he was very prolific on Facebook. Like but he, when he's supposed to be working and taking care oh of yeah. members, he's oh on yeah. Facebook.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's see let's see what we
3: got here. If you haven't been around our system to understand what we went through or what we or what sacrifices we had to do, but you still have but you still have an opinion don't come to me challenging me on that because you don't know what the hell you're talking about you want to talk about buses be a bus operator don't be a trained conductor or a train operator or somebody from the mow telling us how to conduct office when you don't know what the hell you're talking about you don't even know what the 19a law is you don't even have a commercial license and you're telling us how to do our business you know we're buses we know what we go through every day we don't need somebody telling us what we go through every day Right? Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. You know, we don't need somebody to tell so you, are TA service, don't know what the fuck they're doing. Are you in TA service? Right. Have you gone into any of the meetings? Have you taken action when the chairs and the, the, the divisions and the membership have asked you to take action? Mm-hmm. Or our shop stewards? If you haven't done any of that shit, shut you up. should have an opinion. Shut, shut, shut up, up. There's a there's a TA people. service. You know, we do what TA service has to do. Mm-hmm. We lead this union, you know? And there's nobody else that, that could say that because we're still around. Mm-hmm. United random yeah you know, out, you, the- yeah,
5: yeah. We, you, know you, you know how
3: we move our union you know the president might not like us you know the reps might not like us but you know how they you know how they listen to us let we take action yeah when ta says we're gonna go this way that's why Roger Toussaint fired me in 2009. So so I, it I ran as an independent candidate in 2009 with my team and beat Roger Slate and John Slate. Unheard of in any division. You know? That's what we did because at the end of the day, I service you and you're the ones that vote at the end of the day. When Roger came up to me and said, you're a cocky son of a bitch, I told him I have a right to be cocky. You know why? Because I'm the one out there every day. You're not. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can move the presidency if we're strong enough. Mm-hmm. If we want to move schedules, get your ass out there and fucking work for it. That's right. And so that That's when John comes fine. to us and say, well, guys, you know, a man's been telling us that you guys got to slow down. I can tell John, I said, no, John, this is what we need, and you're going to have to get it for us. Mm-hmm. Because my members are going to be watching. Yeah. And they're looking at us saying, Willie, we need to get this shit, I'm going to be pushing for it.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. TA surface
3: Lee's local one hundred.
5: Lee, Lee's local one hundred. I drinking? wonder how Map <laughs> Wow. How, how do how does Map Stowa feel about that? Yeah,
2: that's what I wanna know. What's up, Richie? What's up, Donald? You know, so this is what your adversaries are saying. You know what I'm saying? What's good. Man, that was some serious beer muscles. <laughs> yeah, man.
5: How my how does Samuelson feel about that? Ooh,
2: goodness. He said he, he, he basically basically he bring it to Samuelson. Hell yeah, that's what he's saying, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yo, he had his chest out. to sound like man.
5: Yo, he sounded like he must have had some beers or something. Like, <laughs> right.
1: He was fooling a whole bunch of sheep. It shows you that they don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah,
5: you heard them in the background saying, "Uh huh, yeah, right." You know, according to his um theory, is if you don't if you don't work in that department, you can't lead. You know, you can't tell them nothing. You can't lead them. So, in other words, you need seven different presidents because how's the president? Are the local going to negotiate for all the departments and know what's good? You know, so what he was saying didn't make no sense. Uh, was that a division meeting it was at?
1: It was a, it was a, he was speaking to his members somewhere.
5: Oh, it was maybe a shop gate.
1: Yeah. Somewhere he was speaking it to a a shop gate. Yeah. One yeah. of the depots. Yeah. But I mean, he poking out his chest. He basically, he, to me, he shitted on. he tried to shit on Roger and Samuelson. He
5: sure did. He sure nothing. He
1: He came at Samuelson. No, when that, when something don't happen, I go to Samuelson. Basically, I tell him what to do.
5: Yeah, and and Samuelson bows down and gives it up. And
1: basically, we ain't shit without T A. Surface. They lead this union. Right.
5: What a joke.
1: That that's so that's so deceptive. And and like, what about everybody else?
5: Not only that, there's more MapStore busses being hired than T A. Surface. T A. Surface is shrinking. And and map store is growing.
2: And that's the scary part because. Wasn't it negotiated um, under y'all, Rogers, y'all administration to where it's supposed to be the ratio is supposed to be more civil service operators than non-civil service operators? Yeah, was it a was a supposed to maintain the ratio. That's right. Yeah. Maintain the ratio. Right. Right.
4: right. right. And there was slightly more, I think. Well,
2: mm-hmm. I, I heard that there's not. a
6: grievance out there. As a matter of fact, there was a grievance hearing on, on this. I, I guess the, the surface operators have a grievance on the, um, the imbalance of hiring. But my question is, why is it a grievance? Why can't this just be taken care of? I mean, this is something that you worry about losing. You don't want, you know, adverse language. A grievance in this kind of situation is very risky. It's um, set a precedent. Yeah, and, and that's why the president should be talking to his counterpart and saying, what are you guys doing? You got you to you, you keep the balance. You know, we have an agreement. And, and, and that, that could be worked out. I mean, unless, unless, unless they have no respect for Samuelson, and, and every time he walks into office, you just slap him around, and they tell him, you know, remember, you're the governor's bitch. You know, don't you come in here, demand anything, get them out of here.
5: They don't. I mean, one of the first shots that they fired was the, you know, the layoffs, you know. And instead of um, Samuelson trying to negotiate it, I guess he like dared them, yeah, uh, you're not really going to do this. and, And they did it. And as far as I was concerned, that was just a test to see what he was made of, you know, where was his organizing, where was his mobilizing. How was he going to stand up to that kind of threat? And he failed the test. Had all those people laid off, and then they got rehired.
6: Yeah, this guy, this guy is amazing, man. I mean, one of the things about, like, why, why isn't a grievance like this publicized? Um, is it because if you lose it, you don't want that many people to know? But if you win, the whole world got to know, mm-hmm. you know? So is, is that what this is about? They playing it safe. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's just you know, It just seems like, you know, slimy.
5: I'm surprised they even let it go through.
1: So the, so we agree Willie Rivera poked out his chest. Oh, like yeah, he was the, like he was the president of the union. Big time. Yeah,
2: big time. I mean, you know, you heard it. Yeah. You know? And you he stood it. up to Roger. Right, Roger fired me, but we came and we my slate we won independently. We did this and we did that. He was yeah. back. he was bragging, you know, the first of its kind.
5: And and the reason he got fired was because he took vacation time that he wasn't supposed to take. Oh, we
1: got the we got the um, paperwork on it. Yeah, that. and he was so supposed to. He we supposed reiter- to <laughs> we repay reiterate. We go reiterate local.
5: You know, he was he. You know, that's like being a thief.
1: We going to reiterate that taking more vacation time, and he had to pay what it was like six thousand, some some three thousand something
5: think he like he ever that. Did I
1: don't think you ever paid. It was I think like five thousand dollars. You had to pay back. I, the article is on, our website. It's on I, our website. I never got rid of it. Yeah, it's yeah on so there. So I will repeat it. Okay. For him poking out why he really got fired. Yeah.
4: But instead of being, uh, how do we build strength of the union and, and you know, in unity, right, in numbers, their strength, it sounds like every man for himself. You or every, or every department. Like, Back to that <laughs>
0: right, right. yes.
4: Exactly. And every yeah. department for themselves. Right? But even every man for himself. Yeah. Like, I don't need them. I can run on my own. Now, right. he's, a
1: div- right? now he's the, um, what, division chair? Division chair. Uh, and that's coming from somebody who would rank, telling members that. Yeah. Like we we better than everybody else. You yeah. don't do that.
2: It's right. local one hundred. Right. Yeah. Right. It ain't it ain't local one hundred. Right. Ta surface. Right. right. I mean, you, you that's you, you, totally wrong. Right. You would figure, you know, JP being a VP would say something like that, but he's a division chair and he, he's saying that
5: he's like Trump building the wall instead of trying to create unity. Right. You know, this is my little tribe over here.
2: Right. Build a wall away from App Store away and from and Manhattan later and Bronx. for everybody else. But what, we lead the local. What, he, what do he What did he mean by that?
1: Ta surface lead the local.
5: You know, that's a question that, that um, all the members in TA Surface need to be asking him. Yeah, I hope there's a lot of people listening that heard that, you know, and they need to question him. And, and especially people from outside um, TA Surface.
1: Because I don't see TA Surface getting 12 AVA days a year. I don't see them not having to call out 30 days for an AVA. <laughs> no.
2: They go through hell just like we do in Map Store, yeah. but it's they eight AVA days. They got the exact
5: same thing as everybody else.
2: Exactly. They have to camp out overnight in the if depot anything, to ma- get a day off. maintenance away is leading this <laughs> year. Exactly. Yeah, they're leading because that's where Samuelson came
1: from.
6: Yeah, well, they, um, it, it just sounds like a lot of tribalism. You know, he's just trying to keep control of his minutia. Um, it really doesn't mean it doesn't, it means nothing at all except to the, like the five people that were saying, Yeah, yeah, you say, it. <laughs> you know, and that's it, you know, it meant nothing to anybody except him,
1: exactly, and his boy, um, Keith Wilkes, who was with him. Oh, okay, that, that's the guy that was on the elevator with him, telling me why I'm bringing the streets to the union. Why is a, a union
2: rep calling me a tranny? Uncalled and the picture they used of you on that fake profile, you know, basically, I, I joked with you said, you know, it looks like it, it looks like a real, you know. I you think know, that was from Grand Theft Auto, that picture. The guy looks kind of gay, if you
5: ask me. <laughs> it you know looked like he was busting out a dance move or something. Exactly. So that's yeah, why I'm like, I was like. What kind of picture is that? <laughs> well, what would look, they use
1: let that? Me tell you know? how, let me tell you how crazy it is. Super. is. Two supervisors hit me and told me about that page. That's Two so supervisors, supervisors. Supervisors. Oh, Two wow. supervisors hit me and told me about the fake page. I said, "Well, do me a favor, report it for me, because I was blocked from it." Wow. I was blocked from That's it. They, so they
4: they used to do they used to do stuff like uh, uh, new directions and call a rally, and then. 36 hours ahead of time they put out flyers saying rally canceled. Yeah. Right? I mean, they put them all over there. More, there were more. There were more. <laughs> right? With donating no on New Directions. And so on. Remember that? They did it like they twice. Were they were scared. Oh, they Oh, really? Were, yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. see, thank,
1: thank God I was just on the internet and we got over 3,000 people in our group now. So. Oh, yeah, but yeah. their
4: equivalent is, is the fake Facebook page. That's the same equivalent as putting out the fake flyers. And people yeah. f- and you know? people
1: feed into it. People, because yeah. I had somebody that's close to me actually fed into the page and, texting me crazy. I'm like, yo, what the hell are you talking about? I call him. I said, look, why don't you click on the page and see if you're friends with them? And, you know, oh. But, I,
4: but it goes deeper. What kind of a union person says that he as a union person is better than somebody else?
1: That's not unionism. That's separatism. That's
5: right.
0: That's exactly. the opposite yeah. of unionism.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know. But these guys need to be exposed. Willie Rivera, he's going to have him a nice I'm going to blow up like a bobblehead doll version of um Willie Rivera. And he's going to have <clears throat> the day of the rally. And I'm going to have that tranny post that he wrote to me twice plastered to my minds.
5: Well, you know what happens when they they can't come at you with facts and figures and truth. Then they come at you with slander. Yeah. You know?
1: When, 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 the, when the truth don't work or the lies don't work, then it's, it's slander. Or slander, yeah. yeah. That's that Trump ideology.
5: <clears throat> That's pretty pathetic, Jamel,
0: too. Jamel since we get to the mic i want to personally ask you something that eric king talking here yeah during the next time that the elections is going to happen and you know can you invite each vp that wants to run for office on your show to come here to stake their case while they qualify to come even if Good the idea. other side doesn't want to come because you know the last time we called for a debate you was there the whole other us slate didn't yeah, was want to show up. It was absent, yeah. Now if they don't wanna come, then have all the VPs on one side come. I mean invited to where it can be a face off one show VP of R T O versus VP of Speaking RTO. Speaking to the mic. Speaking the next show the next show have the VP of another department. Yeah. And have have a face off. If none of them agree to come on 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 that, then the slate of the VPs that want to show up, all come here at one time and state their case. No, see
1: the way Progressive Action was formed, we never said that we go invite, um, you know, new directions or, or you know, allies of Roger Toussaint only. That's all that just came to the show. We invited Samuelson, like, three times.
2: Yeah. and we, I We invited... I invited Donald personally, you know, because we worked together for a long <laughs> Donald time. Freud? Don, yeah. Donald Freud? Yeah. Donald Yates, yeah. Oh, Donald Donald Yates, yeah. I invited Donald personally, you and I still and I still left the open invitation for him to come on the show. Oh, but don't
5: he, he have, he like, a, a, a secret gag order? Yeah. yeah. Don't he have, like, a secret gag that, order? That's what he
2: said. It was a
1: gag order that's, yeah. that he couldn't come to the show. Only person that came to the show was Steve Downs. Yeah. And the tension was thick. You know, I... I admire Steve Downs for coming because I, he probably was in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation because the tension was real thick that night. But he won't come back because we know more information. Exactly. Yeah. We have a lot more information
4: on If he didn't come, they were going to take away his merit badges. Well, whoever yeah, I mean. <laughs> them, whoever he got them from, the Boy Scouts or whoever.
5: <laughs> yeah, that was part of the problem when he was here. Um, you guys didn't have enough of the history to challenge um He,
1: he came too early. <laughs> If he was to, to come down, his ass would be bullshit. You yeah. know? that sounds kind of
2: nasty. He came too early. Yeah. You
5: know? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> was, Stephen,
4: Stephen. That's never man. good. Steven no. put out
5: like,
4: <laughs> like <laughs> put out at one point. I think it was like maybe '97. The 25 demands of, uh, you know, of new directions, and in in Rogers' 101 improvements, he got he got all of them. He got like all of them. So it's just amazing that. Uh, Remember the twenty-five? Yeah, and, little, and, and he was good for writing treaties, as you, as you treaties, <laughs> uh, treaties. Yeah. And, and it's mighty, yeah, treaties, it, right. it's crazy
1: Sorry. with that with that whole administration, especially with Steve Downs being with them. They mentioned Roger raised the health benefits to one point five percent, but never say nothing about Samuelson two two percent.
5: Right, exactly.
1: They they just skip over that. Roger did this. Roger's like the black sheep of Local One Hundred.
2: He get ble- the scapegoat. And see, that's how stupid a lot of these people are. Because again, now Eric, I know you remember this. Everybody remembers. Really, in, arbitra- in from the arbitration award that we got in 2009, the, it was locked in at 1.5. So in actuality, the MTA, when they raised it to 2%, they, vi- they violated that. So, so, that's something but, that came but, to mind the <laughs> other day. They didn't violate it
5: because them. the union agreed to it. Right, the, the union, union agreed, agreed to it. it right, but, they didn't
2: fight it.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Digna 1.5 save workers about between six to seven thousand dollars a year in, in retirement, not paying medical. Break it down. Break it down. Okay, if you Eric. remember when people, if if I got my facts correct, and correct me if I'm wrong. Ed, Joe, uh, Nia, anybody, jump in. You had to pay $550 a month for the COBRA supplemental insurance that you had for 18 months and they cut you off and you had to pick up another supplemental insurance to carry you until you got Medicare at 65, which only covered 80%. So after $550 a month, that's $6,600 for the year with co-pays took you over $7,000 and you couldn't relocate. It was only good in New York and I think two counties in Florida. So if you're paying a 1.5, that averaged out to somewhere around $1,000 for the whole year in a 25-year career, you paid $25,000 versus paying $7,000 a year for the old uh, supplemental insurance in in retirement. So just in four years of retirement under the old plan, that's $28,000. That's more than a whole 25 years paying into 1.5. So from age 55 to 75, that's $7,000 a year, that's $140,000. Grand you pay, and so so the one point five actually saved you money, and he flat rated it in his second contract as he promised.
2: That's right, and and you know because I can remember being on the job, and there were a lot of tier one or tier two people still around for that reason because exactly. they needed the medical benefits yes. for themselves or they needed it for their family member. Yes. and that's I, what so they like. I, yeah,
4: I'm gonna I'm gonna take issue with your figures because I think you undervalued them. You're probably oh. talking about the single plan and not the family plan okay. because I remember uh, in the 2005 campaigning for the 2005 contract in RTO a guy approached me and said I know what it's worth and I said what do you mean he said the health benefits it's worth $120,000 I said what are you talking about he says $12,000 a year is a family plan $12,000 a year is a family plan so from 55 to 65 that's what I get. He says that's twelve thousand times ten is one hundred twenty thousand dollars, mm. right? Then, and it's even more now. Then, people forgetting about well, management. Um, money's fungible, so but management or the or the pension fund had hundred and thirty million dollars of our money that got returned for the twenty-five fifty-five contribution. All right. So I got a nice little check when I retired. So thank you very much. <laughs> right? A lot, of, a lot of guys took the check. A lot of you know folks took the check and headed down the, the uh, freeway to Atlantic City and spent it there. But that was their choice. Or, or did something else with it. Um, but it was a great deal. You got 5% interest on it. You leave that money in there until you retire. And then you get a nice little, a little bump in your a nice little down payment for whatever you want oh, yeah. when you're going out there. $130 million spread among 22,000 transit workers, that's a lot of money. So put that next to the 1.5 as well, right? I mean, it's crazy.
5: And uh, one of the main uh, guys that was uh, strenuously objecting to the 1.5, Mike Jerome, is now retired and I bet you he's very glad that the members are paying 1.5 so he got his, you know, retiree benefits which we never had before, you know, so. I mean, there are a bunch of hypocrites on, on every level In that local.
2: (laughs) A bunch of uneducated hypocrites. How about that? Well, there's some
5: educated ones, too, like Steve Downs. He's educated, and he's a hypocrite. He's one of the biggest hypocrites around.
6: Downs is a sock puppet. That's all he is. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody sticks their their hand up the back of him, and he he just say whatever for his check. There's a a single word that he says that I I even listen to or pay attention to. He get a nice one, too.
1: I wish I would have seen him as being one of the goldfish (laughs) <laughs> at 2 Broadway that day. <laughs> right.
6: Management was looking at us like they was in a tank. There was more than that. I mean, there was surface reps in there. There was, there was union reps that refused to come outside. You know, I mean, it's not even about... You, you could tell that that's 100% thick politics to not come outside and walk with members. It wasn't progressive action... Radio show walking in a circle around there. They were they were members that pay dues that pay the salaries for the ones that were looking through the goldfish bowl, and <laughs> and 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 that's a disrespect. We should have probably called them out. Probably I mean I didn't think of it at the time, but we should probably have made it public. Look who's sitting in here that you're paying that won't come out here and march with you. I said that.
1: I said that during the rally. Oh, well, I was was talking about opening the door and, and, you know. Oh, 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 yeah, oh. Yeah, I I said it in general because I didn't see, I just seen like a crowd, like
6: we was performing or something.
1: That's what it looked like. They were in
6: there standing there with management.
1: Yeah, and security kept asking me, well, how long you going to be here for? What does that matter?
6: Right.
1: (laughs) What does that matter? (laughs) What (laughs) they say, (laughs) two big
2: buildings, one little security guard. Get out of my face. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Or, or really he was in charge of both buildings? He uh, he probably wanted to go to lunch.
5: Well Tramel, why don't you talk about the truce that they're trying to call because they're scared of this November tenth? Well,
1: well, Joe Bermudez said it's not a union truce; it's a truce that he um he want to do. But the thing is, this <clears throat> Joe Bermudez wrote something real crazy, and on the flyer, on a flyer, talking about everything got things got to be sanctioned through the union.
5: They can't, and,
1: and I mean we know that they can't do it. And first of all, the union is the members. The reps is a totally different type of story. You know what I'm saying? Nothing should get sanctioned without our approval, to be honest with you. All that stuff they doing, nothing should get sanctioned. We we ain't sanctioned the sale of the Gilmore houses. We don't even know about it. A truce.
2: Shoot, you would think we was the Warriors or somebody. I mean the thing. The, 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 look, exactly. you know what? The, the thing is this. They you they're waving white flags, exactly you know? right. the
5: white flag. Exactly right.
2: We got the bottles outside. The, Warriors. The, the thing, to, about to
1: play. The thing is <laughs> the huh? The thing is this: if if we wasn't a threat, they wouldn't care about no truth. Exactly. They wouldn't care what we do. Right. That's the bottom line. They, they want to be embarrassed. Yeah, and you know what? Every rep should go into that building that day with their heads high if they feel they're doing the right thing. Exactly. There shouldn't be nothing to hide. I should expect to see everybody walk through that front. Don't take Samuelson exit. That back, whatever, that that, that rat tunnel entrance he go through. (laughs) (laughs) Rat tunnel. (laughs) That, That probably... That probably starts at 180 Livingston, and he walk up under the street all the way to the Union Hall.
5: You know he, ain't, he ain't walking. He's rolling, brother. He's rolling. Whichever way
1: he getting in there, I think he entering that 180 Livingston and going up some rat tunnel up to the Union Hall. But they need to walk through that, union, that, that building proud with their head up. Because yep. everybody not bad. I don't believe everybody's bad. But they not being held accountable. And, and, and that's the bottom line. No.
5: What y'all think about honoring the political scientist Marvin Holland?
2: I don't really know nothing, nothing. I don't know too, yeah, oh. I don't know too much about him. Did you hear
5: about it, Ed? He's making the leap into the city council.
2: I mean, I know about that part. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that sums it up.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, look, it's two hours already, man. Yeah,
2: two hours already. Yeah, we got five minutes left. So, you know, this is a part of the segment that uh, you know, we ask all of our guests to leave the to leave the crowd with the final word uh, t- to to think about you know as they go about their daily routine, that they, they you know um, go about their lives on this job. So uh, as we do a progressive action, ladies first.
5: Okay, um, as always, um, my word to the members is to be active, involved. Uh, be informed, go to the meetings yourself so you don't hear from second and third party. Um, ask questions. You don't have to be an e board member to ask about Gil Martin houses, to ask about the <laughs> the purchase of the, the Bronx building, you know, to ask about the minutes from the uh, health benefits committee meetings. Those are things that you're entitled to know and unless you're holding people's feet to the fire, they're gonna get away with murder.
2: Hey, Eric King. All right, come on, Eric.
0: My thing is, I want the membership to really hold the leaders more accountable. After we fight and try to get a very good contract, you know, if if we can get one through this union, there's another situation that's going on with them trying to abolish um, mandatory dues checkoff. You know. Um, for people having to pay dues, and I think that's something that Samuelson being a member of the International Union, should be mobilizing people too, because that could actually mean an end of unions, as we know it. If, if we're not forced to do mandatory dues checkoff, you have no union, you have no power, and people need to get more involved and you know start going back to these union meetings. Including myself, I need to get back more into the meetings, but at least I am informed of what's going on. There's a lot of members that don't have a clue what's going on, you know, they need to get more involved. And I want to salute you guys um, from the very inception of the show. This is a very powerful movement. Keep it going. I praise y'all, Tramel, people getting after you for only having, what, three years or whatever. Please, that's nonsense. You did more in three years than some people did in 20-something years down here.
1: I appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. Mr.
4: Ed Watts.
0: So, uh, everybody
4: should uh, stay involved and don't be afraid to speak up. And if anybody bullies you for speaking up as a union rep, you should ask him what kind of union rep is that. And uh, stay safe
2: out there, everybody. Well... That's that's the show for today. Well, I got something to say real quick. You know, first I want to acknowledge. I meant to do a video earlier, but I just want to say real quick. Um, the progress. Our progressive action uh, Facebook page has uh, surpassed three thousand members as of today. Earlier today, and I just you know I just want to just congratulate people. I just want to just congratulate people for constantly adding members to the group. Because, you know, it lets me know that we're having an impact our posts, our conversations, you know, everything that's going on in the group, you know. But basically, I just want to uh, com- again, I just want to take the time and commend everybody. And I just want to say, just keep it coming. Keep the people out there coming. Put your family members on. Put your ex-coworkers on. Because, again, this is a movement that's going to spread beyond TWU Local 100 and and transit and everything you know basically this is going to expand uh hopefully we can expand into the community and expand into um other labor unions and expand it you know expand onto other jobs you know so basically that's what progressive action is all about you know like i said when we started a year ago or back in february with the show like i said we didn't know it would kick off this fast you know so like i said i we knew have, you ain't know well i well, nah, i knew there's a big difference God. Well, life, I told you everything that was
1: going to go on well life is
2: <laughs> like I said life would throw a monkey wrench in there you know sometimes you know that's. but anyway like I said to conclude that's it I just, I just want to commend everybody for being in progressive action All right.
0: I can't wait to come back
2: no doubt the rally November
1: 10th um, 11 to 2 be there come support make our union reps accountable we'll speak to y'all next week thanks for listening have a good night everybody
6: good night everyone Peace.